I told my wife before we went, I said, we can go and do this meeting, but we are not buying it today, period. We're not buying it today. That's the deal. We're not buying it today. <laughs> so my, my advisor, you know, she gives us the pitch and she leaves the room to go print some stuff out. And my wife goes, we should buy this. And I'm like, what did I say? <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to this week's episode of the DCL Duo podcast. And on today's episode, we're going to go a little bit different direction. Uh, We're going to veer away from cruising and even Disney parks just ever so slightly and talk about one of our favorite things, which is the Disney Vacation Club or DVC, as it's affectionately called. And while Sam and I are newer members to DVC, we are far, far from experts. We are just know just enough to steer you in the wrong direction. (laughs) We are going to lean on a friend of the show and a DVC expert, I would say. I want to welcome Tom to the show from the Welcome Home podcast. Hey, Tom. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for agreeing to be on. I don't know if I call myself a DVC expert, though. That's a little scary. (laughs) Listen, you've got a (laughs) podcast all about it, so... (laughs) I get all of my information from you and Chad. So (laughs) between the two of you, I can get my questions answered. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we try to be a good resource for people as much as we can. (laughs) Well, you you definitely have a great community over there at Welcome Home with, with Damon and Trevor. And so I love listening to your podcast. Tom, before we dive into talking about DVC, we always like to get our guests kind of Disney background you know, help understand the base of Disney that you had underneath you even before you bought into DVC. So what's your experience like with the parks and cruises and stuff like that? Oh, gosh. Wow. Uh, Yeah. So I have been going since I was a kid. Uh, I mean, I'm from New Jersey. I grew up in New Jersey and and we used to when I was a kid, my mom and and would drive. We would drive literally from New Jersey down to Florida. It was like a 22 hour drive. (laughs) But but we would do that and usually not stopping. They would just go nonstop and, you know, the kids. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was it was cool. Back in the day, that's what we would do. Well, if we go really far back, my dad had like the, an Astro van and uh, it was he would take the seats out of the back and we throw uh, sleeping bags back there and just sleep and play video games. But, you know, like that was completely unsafe and probably shouldn't be done. <laughs> it brings you back to the days of the rear facing seat in the station wagon for oh, sure. <laughs> oh, man, I used to love that rear facing seat. <laughs> But but yeah, so I, you know, when, when, I, when I was a kid a lot, you know, when I was a kid, I wanted to be an Imagineer. That never worked out. But I always wanted to, to be an Imagineer. I, I, I love Disney since I was a, a little kid. And then as an adult, you know, my wife and I got engaged there. Uh, we did our honeymoon there at, at Disney World. We have uh, we've been DVC members now for, oh, gosh, I think probably 2012 for about eight years, nine years now. And, you know, now we live in North Carolina, so we're, we're only an eight hour drive away now. So we, yeah. can, we can easily do that one in one day. So <laughs> it's it's not even really eight hours, like seven and a half. So it's uh, not too bad. And, and you know, we, we're occasionally annual pass uh, holders. I say occasionally because it kind of just depends on the cadence of what our trips are going to be, mm-hmm. if it makes sense or not. So we, we currently own three contracts for DVC. And uh, so we, we own contracted uh, Bay Lake Tower, which was our first one we bought uh, bought in right after that was built. And then uh, we also own two Animal Kingdom Villa contracts as well, because we, we found ourselves staying in Animal Kingdom a lot. And we really like Animal Kingdom. So and, you know, we have a young daughter. We have a two and a half year old and she absolutely loves animals. So, you know, where else in the world can you walk out on a porch and see a giraffe? Yes. Pretty much nowhere. So <laughs> so uh, so that's kind of my background there. I you know, we've been we go 10 we tend to go 
once or twice a year, depending on our schedules. I think the most we did was those three times in a calendar year. And we go as much as we possibly can. And and really, I started the podcast. So we've we've had Welcome Home Podcast now for, oh my gosh, I think it'll be four years this April. So it's it's it, it blows my mind it's been that long. But That's really, awesome. the genesis... Yeah, thank you. Uh, it's it's amazing that it's been that long. I, really, the genesis of it, and you know, my wife can probably hear me in the background saying this, but she <laughs> she got tired of me telling her Disney things. She, <laughs> she, I'd be like, "Hey, this thing happened at Disney World, or this thing's going to happen." She'd be like, "Great." <laughs> she, you know, she heard it way too many times, and so I was like, "You know what? Maybe I should find another outlet for this." And truth be told, uh, you know, there's the DVC. Oh gosh, what is it? Disney Vacation Club Neighborhood Group, the official DVC group. I had just uh, decided I was going to start a podcast. I threw uh, a note out in that group and said, "Hey, who wants to do a podcast with me?" And you know, amongst all the comments of why you're going to start another Disney podcast, there's like a hundred of them, which is true. There are. There's a lot of them, but. <laughs> But, uh, you know, we we wanted to kind of do things from a different angle. And and I, I wouldn't necessarily say our podcast at this point is, you know, it's it's DVC oriented. We don't focus, uh, you know, like Chad kind of focuses on the nitty gritty of DVC. We're kind of like going to Disney and Disney parks based on, you know, from a from a DVC members perspective. That's kind of more where, where we're coming at it from. And, and we do try to do some of the educational things and and try to, you know, t- talk about some of the some of the details of, of DVC. But, you know, truth be told, the people that listen to our show, we have kind of every level of member we have the the casual member well we, we have a lot of non-members too that listen you know because we talk about general disney stuff and and D- disney park stuff so we have non-members we have people that you know because dvc is a complicated thing right it's 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 complicated but it's also simple and so i think you kind of have a couple different kinds of members you can have the casual member that knows is like oh i got my dvc points i'm gonna book my trip every year and doesn't care about any of the back-end workings of dvc you know and then you have the members that are like i know how much each point is worth and i know what these points convert to and i know how to work the system to do this like it's and and so we have kind of all of those types of folks and you know i think everybody kind of fits into that so no it's interesting you say that i would say brian and i fall on different ends even of that spectrum and obviously we own dvc together um as a couple but he likes to get into the you know the nitty-gritty of you know the points and thinking about strategizing and i'm just like oh okay i'm just i'm ready to go on a trip once a year. <laughs> and just wants a Mickey pretzel and some nacho cheese. And yeah, she's I just, yeah. yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I do have my favorite resorts of where I want, you know, where I would prefer to stay at Disney World. And I actually do at Disneyland as well. But yeah, I'm just like, I don't, I don't really care about the details, but I'm okay. I'm obviously uh, okay with owning. Well, that's how I stumbled on your podcast. It, frankly, is when we were thinking about buying DVC, I wanted to consume as much information, understand like what are the upsides, downsides. So I sort of appreciated having someone out there, not a DVC guide, kind of helping me right. through the... That's, that's hey, what they're trying to sell to me. <laughs> yeah, there are, some, there are some pros and cons to this approach and you need to do your, you need to do your homework. So I'm, I'm just curious with you living in North Carolina, Tom, do you ever make it over to Hilton Head? Yeah, actually, we have taken a trip to Hilton Head. I, I've been there outside of DVC, but we did when my wife actually was pregnant with my daughter. We did like a baby moon kind of thing at Hilton Head. Okay, so first of all, Hilton Head's an amazing place, right? So Hil- Hilton Head is gorgeous in general. It's a it's a really unique, weird place, but it's a beautiful. And the resort there, I, I've stayed at a lot of Disney resorts. I, I think I'm only a couple away from hitting all of them at Disney World as far as DVC goes. Not not all the ones that outside of DVC, but almost all the DVC ones. The resort at Hilton Head has the nicest cast members 
anywhere on the planet. They are the nicest people. They are super accommodating, just very kind, very polite, very helpful. They're just the best there. We'll have to check that out. We have a lot. We have a lot of places that we need to hit, though, Brian. We have like we need to do Vero Beach. We need to do Hilton Head. We still haven't done Aulani. I mean, there's like you know, I'm th- I'm thinking beyond Walt Disney World. Hey, we've we've we have been to the we, we've been to the jewel of the DVC system. We've we've and we own at it at Grand California. So yes, you know. that's true. <laughs> <laughs> the single resort to get into. Well, and see, that's one place I have not gone as Disneyland. That's on on the docket at some point. We we want to do that at some point, but we have not been to Disneyland as of yet. So oh my goodness. I know. Listen, it's it's on the it's on the list. I'm not a big flyer. I don't love flying, so I you know it's not my favorite thing. So I mean, it's it's on the list though. We're we're gonna make it happen at some point. But you know, the problem became if we didn't have a two and a half year old. And this no offense, to my daughter, I love her to death, but it makes it a little bit harder to do that yes. trip. Yes. So so probably not till she gets older that, that we're gonna do that trip. So uh, but it's someday for sure. We want to make it happen. So you guys own a Grand California. You I, I, I thought you had another contract too, right? We do. We have we have we have Grand Cal. We we bought into. Grand Cal resale and then immediately turned around and used our guide at the time. We were looking at Riviera and, and our guide said, wait until your resale contract closes because then I can give you member discounts at Riviera. And so we waited and then we bought Blue Card at, at Riviera. So we own it Grand Cal and Riviera. I would love to stay at Riviera, Riviera simply because of the uh, of the uh, Skyliner because it, I, it's my new favorite transportation method. I love it. It's great. I would just ride that around the parks forever. I would just do that. <laughs> I don't even need to go on anything. I absolutely agree. I think the Skyliner is incredible. I and and we love. We loved Riviera. We thought it was beautiful. We can't wait to stay there again. Riviera is one of those funny ones because a lot of there are some DVC members out there that that like the more modern accommodations and don't need all of the over the top Disney theme, theming. But then there are others that feel like they want the over the top Disney theming. Like, you know, uh, I'm just trying to think of some of the ones. But I mean, Animal Kingdom is kind of that way where it's really over the top themed. But Riviera feels like it's it's more kind of modern to me. But I haven't stayed there. So I don't know. You guys can tell me better. <laughs> no, it's to- it's totally it's totally modern i mean it's it's marble and <laughs> sleek lines and it's a little bit more theming than bay lake tower right i always find i love bay lake tower and its proximity and some of its features but it's sometimes can just feel like you're staying at another like a hotel off disney property that's a little bit for me riviera has more touches of theming inside of the resort just a little bit well so tom as we, we sort of dive into the middle of the topic a little bit let me back out for our listeners who may not be as familiar although if you've been on any sort of disney park or disney cruise tom i should verify you've not been on a disney cruise yeah yeah it's definitely on my to-do list <laughs> it's yeah. it that's one that i have again is the you know i'm not gonna say the kid got in the way but her her, her grandparents have been threatening to take her on a disney cruise since she was born uh without us so <laughs> you gotta put your foot down and say not without us not yeah, without I us like, i was like go ahead just take her i'll we'll go to the parks then we'll <laughs> so, but um we'll have an adult trip to the parks just make sure we do it during food and wine but um no it is on the to-do list um we're again waiting for my daughter to get a little bit older mm-hmm. uh she's she's not in a place yet where she could uh, really enjoy it as much but it definitely once she gets older that's that's on our to-do list for sure well let's step back for a second for our listeners who may not be as familiar with what is uh dvc tom i think you're probably in the best position to try and encapsulate a disney sure. vacation club so do you want to you want to give a crack at that yeah, I mean, I think the easiest way to describe it is Disney's version of a timeshare. And and timeshare is a dirty word, right? Like you hear timeshare <laughs> and you immediately go like, oh, God, that's a that's a scam. That's a ripoff. But it's it is really different with with DVC. It's it's really not. And I, I hate to say timeshare, but that's what it is. And, and Disney, in a, in a lot of ways, kind of. I don't want to say revolutionized the timeshare industry, but really changed it and did things a lot differently than a lot of the other quote timeshares out there. 
and so essentially what it is, it's it's you're you're buying ownership of a resort. You're you're buying a small piece, a very small piece. I I like to joke that we own a doorknob at a Bay Lake Tower, and you know maybe maybe a door at a Animal Kingdom because we have two <laughs> contracts there. You you basically you pay an upfront cost. There's a price per point uh, that you pay to Disney, and it's you know it's a significant upfront investment. You know it depends on how many points you buy, and and truthfully, I'll, I'll explain the points here. The essentially what the points are, the points represent kind of your investment in the in the property. And the points are used to book your rooms. And it's important to note here too: this is just for your room, which is often the most uh, most expensive part of your Disney trip is your room, right? Right. And 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 that's the thing here is this is is basically giving you the ability to go on vacation and stay in deluxe resorts for fifty years. You know, depending on when you buy your 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 contract, contracts typically last for fifty years from the date that it's built. So if you buy it two years after it's built, you have forty eight years left of your contract, basically. And so you know, maybe I want to stay at Animal Kingdom for a week, and I want to stay in a Savannah room if it's during the summertime, and maybe that's going to cost me one hundred and twenty points for that week. So if I have one hundred twenty one hundred twenty points, I use those points. And and basically, that's how I quote unquote pay for for the room. So, so essentially, you know, what you're just using those points to book your room, and uh, you know, you have your maintenance fees, and the maintenance fees do, you know, they fluctuate because essentially, with DVC, you're paying for everything with your dues. So, what I mean by that is, we're paying for the people that work the front desk, we're paying for the landscapers, we're paying for keeping the electricity on, we're paying for you know the property tax. That our dues are our literal expense that that is paying for these properties because we're part owners of the property. So that's that's really what it is. It's not Disney making a profit off of these dues because they don't. It's it's essentially a, a direct expense, and it's you know it's ownership. It's when you buy it, it's a real estate transaction. You're buying a piece of property. You know, I always say this, and and this is a a totally true thing. And I, I when I was sitting down to buy my first contract, the salesperson when we were talking to them, you know, and I I've told this story on my show many times, but I, I said my wife was like, we should go check this out. Like, let's go to the, the you know the free meeting. They're going to give us ice cream and uh, you know some, some gift cards and some fast passes, right? And, you know, truth be told, I just wanted free ice cream. <laughs> I didn't care about anything else. I just wanted some ice cream. But um, I told my wife before we went, and I said, we can go and do this meeting, but we are not buying it today, period. We're not buying it today. That's the deal. We're not buying it today. <laughs> So my my advisor, you know, she gives us the pitch and she leaves the room to go print some stuff out. And my wife goes, we should buy this. And I'm like, what did I say? <laughs> what did I say before we came here? We said we weren't going to buy it. We'll go research it. And we'll think about it. We did not buy that day. But one of the things that always struck me about, and this was a sales tactic, 100% by this advisor, but it totally was true. She said, buying DVC is vacation insurance. So you bought it already. You paid for it already. This is you, no matter what's going on in your life, this is, you know, basically forcing you to go on vacation. And it, it also kind of, you know, tries to guard you against the inflation of uh, of what the, the rooms cost. So I think the other thing to just sort of highlight for folks is, you know, people will call this timeshare. It is a, it is a form of a timeshare, but I think timeshares get a super bad rap, they do. you know, um, and I think Disney was trying to overcome some of that. And so I think they have, I think lots of people are very happy with the Disney yeah, product. I, I felt like it was honestly the lowest pressure sales pitch I've ever been in. Like there was no pressure at all when we were buying. Well, we've had a, we've had a guest join us midstream. I know Drew is having some difficulties this morning joining, but Drew has now joined us. Drew's a listener who purchased into DVC in the midst of the pandemic. So we kind of wanted to weave his experience, more recent experience of buying during this difficult and odd time into the discussion. And so Drew, let me start by welcoming you to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Sorry. I just had some stuff to take care of this morning here now. Sorry. I'm a little late. 
Well, so Drew, we got Tom's Disney background. Do you kind of want to give folks a sense of, you know, I think it's helpful to understand probably your profile as you we talk about you purchasing into DVC. Do you want to give folks a sense of your Disney background? Yeah. So really, I hadn't gone since I was four. And then I we me and my wife, who was on the last episode we were on with me, we went back on our honeymoon and I kind of fell back in love with it then. We went several times for our anniversary back to the park a year later and kind of went for shorter trips after that and then went on our first cruise a couple years ago on the Fantasy and was lucky enough to go back right before the shutdown in February, which is where we went to our first DVC pitch. Well, let's let's kind of now that Tom has given us kind of the explanation of what DVC is, and I will again give the caveat: this can get so complicated so quickly. So if you are you know listening to this show and you get interested in buying DVC, stop, do tons of research, <laughs> and then uh, before you even talk to Disney, I would say do tons of research and then give some more thought and then talk to Disney. But let's start with I, I'm curious. Tom, you bought in, it sounds like in the, what, the late 90s, or no, sorry, 2000, you said 2012. Yeah, 2012, yeah. 2012. And so, Drew, you're buying in here in 2020. Yep. Drew, how did you get interested in DVC? Let me start there. What what piqued your interest about DVC? So as uh, part of our year of Disney that we ended up accidentally doing, one of the things that we did was one of my wife's coworkers had points that were expiring at, at, at the end of 2019. So they needed to use them by the end of their use year. So they approached us to see if we wanted to use them. We did. Of course, you know, it was maybe a month before time at this point. So really all that was available was Saratoga Springs. We went ahead and booked that, went down and stayed, and we really enjoyed it. We had typically been either moderate or value stayers up until then. We really liked French Quarter. And other than that, it was usually Pop Century. Those were kind of the three we typically went to. That trip was in September. And we until we went on our cruise the next February, I was interested and really started reading up and looking into it and all that sort of thing. So that when we were on the ship in February, we went to the presentation they have. Of course, if you go to a DVC presentation on a cruise ship, on the Disney cruise ship, you get a state board credit. And they they even offer some people, like you get off a chance to win more onboard credit. But I think we either got like 50 or $75 each for just going to the presentation of onboard credits. So that was pretty nice. So they do kind of like a group presentation that, you know, is to a larger amount of people, probably like maybe 50, 75 people. And then you can set up individual meetings with the guides that they have there on the ship. We didn't set up the additional meeting at that time. It was good to get a lot of the information. We had already heard a lot of that information through our own research, but it was good to kind of get it and get some of our questions answered at that point. Of course, not long after we got off the ship, cruising shut down, everything shut down because of COVID. But because of that, we had another cruise that was coming up and we were going to do the first seven day on the dream that got canceled. So we had some money from that and we had some money from other things that weren't going to take place because of COVID. So with that little bit of extra money in our pocket, we decided to go ahead and take that and put it towards DVC. A question I'd have for you, Tom, someone new who's coming and thinking about DVC, what resources, so I, you know, we've said a couple of times now, do your homework, do your research. Yeah. Where would you send people? I mean, you've got a great podcast. We know of a few of those, but like what, what are some places you'd send people to do their homework and understand what this is and get their questions answered, you know, outside of kind of the Disney sales reps? 
Yeah, I, as far as like answer questions. So, I mean, I think podcasts are a good resource. You know, I, I think sometimes sometimes we're a good resource on my podcast. But, uh, you know, our, our friend Chad's a little uh, a little more on my DVC points. He's a little more oriented around, you know, instructionals and things like that. Uh, I will say there's, you know, there's sites like DVC News, which is has super comprehensive information on it. You can find all sorts of like historical information on that. They have, you know, you could go on there and see how many how many rooms in each room type every resort has, uh, which is actually really useful information because, you know, one of the things you see a lot, right? Studios are the first things that go, right? Studios are hard to come by at a lot of resorts. But sometimes, you know, you'll go on Facebook and you'll see somebody say like, I, I tried to book this studio at 11 months out, a standard view studio at, at Boardwalk. And it's like, well, yeah, there's like 10 of those. Yeah. Like, so <laughs> it's it's impo- like, sh- there's a reason why it's the least amount of points. Number one, because it's, there's, it's a standard view and you're probably going to be looking at a dumpster. But, you know, and that's and that's fine for some people. Like I don't I don't care. But you know, there's also there's certain room uh, room types that just don't have a lot of inventory. And and so you know you got to look for those kinds of things too. And you also have to understand too if you want a studio every time, studios are just going to be tough to come by. They just are. I guess that goes to the point about. I mean, a little bit doing your homework. If if you walk in and your vacation plan is well, I really want to go to Disneyland a lot, and I'm going to buy at Saratoga Springs. Yeah, that's not you're not going to get rooms at the Grand Californian more than likely you're going to be renting your points and buying stays at Grand Cal, right? So the typical advice is buy where you want to stay. And that that's what we did. Uh, so like, there's a lot of ways to slice and dice this question, which leads me to Drew. <laughs> as you looked at which resort to buy into. I'm curious, what was offered? Because it sounds like you bought direct. And so what was what resorts were available to you to buy into? And how did you make the decision over which resort to to buy points at? So when we bought last fall, the three that they have available direct or the three that they're pushing direct are, they still have Alani. So if you're looking to get in there direct, good news, they still have it. I'll have Alani forever. (laughs) And then of course, Riviera was offered and Copper Creek were the three that they were offering at the time. I have personally always loved the Wilderness Lodge and what kind of pushed us in the direction to, I wanted to go direct. I know that you can argue back and forth about whether the blue card benefits are worth it, but I, I wanted to have access to some of those, uh, not immediately because a lot of those aren't being offered currently, but in the long term, being able to have access to buy the reduced um, annual passes and just entrance into the, some of the events and things. We decided to go direct with our first one. And for us, we knew we didn't want to do Alani because we're not going to get out to Hawaii that much. And we'd rather have the 11 or a month booking window if we can. And when we came to look at it, Copper Creek and Riviera, they were running the same deal for both of them. And depending on how many points you bought, you got a certain dollar amount off. And uh, so I got to digging into it and what they were offering at Copper Creek for the amount of points we were looking to buy was actually a good enough discount that it was going to take it down to the price from uh, like over two years ago. And so that seemed like a pretty good deal for us. As we're talking about this, it strikes me, Tom, one other thing to help people understand is the difference between direct and resale. And I was I'm just curious, gonna bring that up, Brian. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought it'd be helpful to, to flesh that out. But also, you know, how do you think about it when folks are asking you, geez, which direction should I head? Yeah, that's it's a good question. So, you know, I'll, I'll tell you when I bought uh, when I bought in 2012, I don't think I, I I did research, but I don't think I knew of the existence of resale at the time. 
I, you know, I, I really thought the only way to buy was directly from Disney, right? And and so you heard Drew mention blue card benefits, right? And that's that's very much, uh, I want to say, like uh, inside DVC, a uh, thing to say, right? So uh, essentially, when you buy direct from Disney, Disney rewards you for that with a, with what they call a blue card. It's a, it's a membership card. And essentially, it gives you a lot of extra benefits, right? And so I think, you know, the bigger ones that you get really are like the DVC lounge at Epcot, which if people don't know that that exists there's there's a literally a lounge right above the uh, the figment ride and it's uh you know got some free soda and drinks and and you know coffee and and snacks and stuff like that and it's an air conditioning number which is the number one <laughs> uh, yeah so it's 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 a really nice little perk it's not like the biggest deal in the world right but then there's you know dvc exclusive events there's exclusive discounts that you can get uh and a lot of that stuff you don't get if you don't have a blue card now you can buy dvc uh what they call resale like on the resale market and not directly from disney and and this is basically one member selling their contract to another member and and there's a lot of companies that facilitate these kinds of sales because again it's a real estate transaction right so you need to uh, work with a company to do that you need to essentially you know work with with real estate um, direct costs versus resale costs, it's a pretty major discount when you buy resale as opposed to buying direct. You, you pay a lot less per point I, I, for me, I like the blue card benefits, right? So I, I do, I find value in the blue card benefits. I, I like having them, but is, is it going to be worth it for some people? Probably not. If you're going to stay with DVC for the long run, it makes sense to buy a direct contract first and then your subsequent contracts can be resale. Because the great thing about that is once you buy a direct contract, you get that blue card. It doesn't matter what all your other contracts are after that. You get that blue card from buying that one direct contract. And then after that, you can buy all the resale you want. And there are some people that also just feel a little bit weird about the whole resale thing, right? They just, they're like, I'd rather buy from Disney. I feel safer doing that. That's And that's an okay thing too. You know, Disney has some financing options out there that you can take advantage of. You know, they have the the incentives like Drew was talking about. You don't really get that kind of stuff, you know, with resale. But again, the resale in the first place is much cheaper. We looked at doing resale and uh, we love the area and the location and like the the feel of things like the beach club and boardwalk as well. But they have a much shorter length of contract left remaining if you were to buy them resale, only slightly over 20 years. Whereas with Copper Creek, I think we were getting 48 years. So, and, and, and really, you know, even resale, you're still paying maybe like 160, 170 points you know, maybe for Beach Club, but only for 40, you know, or only for 25 years instead of the 48 we got with Copper Creek. Yeah. And that was, that was a great point that I totally messed up, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's to bring up it's the length of contract piece, you know, because that does matter. And it, and it does make the math on doing resale a little more complicated because, you know, it, 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 what you're paying is less, right? But you're getting it for less time. And, and that's actually part of why I bought Animal Kingdom. While it doesn't have 50 years on it, it still has a, a lot of years left on it. It, it. I think it's also helpful to flag for folks. If you're getting interested in DVC, there are ways that you can stay DVC to get a sense of what these resorts and rooms are like without being a member. So in rent a member's DVC points and they will book a stay for you through, there's lots of services. If you just search for DVC rental, um, you can also stay cash at these resorts because DVC has to maintain some minimum inventory from under the timeshare law for cash. And then as members use their points at other places, it opens up availability at the resort as well. And so, so you can stay cash at some of these resorts to just get a sense of them because the rooms are different. The rooms are not. So when you stay at the contemporary, you're staying at a hotel when you're staying DVC, 
every room at some level has some kind of, I want to say kitchen in air quotes, because for the studios, it's a little bit different kind of... Kitchenette. Yeah, kitchenette for the one bedrooms and two bedrooms. You're talking about a full-blown kitchen with, you know, a range of... Uh, you could you could cook your Thanksgiving dinner in a one-bedroom DVC uh, room if that's what you want to do. And so these rooms are a little bit different than the standard rooms. The resort amenities can also be a little bit different. So Bay Lake Tower, great place to stay. It's attached to the contemporary. So you don't have a restaurant necessarily in Bay Lake Tower. You have Top of the World, which is a fantastic place to go and watch fireworks and only open to DVC members. But you're accessing the amenities of another resort. Whereas at like Riviera, they do have restaurants and stuff in the resort hotel itself. So I'm going to head to one more question here, sort of generally that I think it's asked more often than not when somebody has decided to buy, which is, let me start with you, Tom. How many points do I need? <laughs> Impossible <laughs> question for me to answer. <laughs> as many as I can afford. <laughs> yeah. See, this is the this is the tough thing, right? Because and, and I I saw this. D, so DVC has the right to change the point allocation every year. So the the total amount of points in the system stays the same, right? So if there's a, let's say a million points at a resort, right, that total amount of points is always going to stay the same. And throughout the year, the amount of points that it costs to stay for a night at a room or for you know a week at a room, the, eventually that kind of all adds up to one million. Every you know couple years, DVC tends to reallocate. The, the points and they just did one this year. And so there are some people and what I mean by reallocate, they changed the seasons. So before where it might have cost 140 points to stay for a week at Animal Kingdom in October, now it's maybe 106, right? So like they, they do that sometimes where they reallocate where the points are. Now that went up in, in that month, but maybe it went down in July. So what happens for a lot of people is they run into this problem where they're like, well, we like to go every year the first week of October and that costs 110 points. So we're going to buy 110 points because that's all we need. It's always going to be 110 points, right? Well, no, <laughs> that's not how it works. So, it, and that's where it, it becomes a becomes a challenge, right? So I, I would say, like you said, buy as many points as you can afford to buy. Drew, I want to hear how you made the point calculus for yourself. Don't need to tell us or our listeners how many points you bought, but how did you arrive at the number of points you were going to buy? So basically uh, what we decided was to go in and look uh, how many points would we need if we wanted to stay at least a week every year? And we started with a studio. I don't mind saying that we ended up going with and buying 150 points at Copper Creek. And that was enough for us to stay pretty much anywhere in the DVC resorts for a week in a studio. In fact, our welcome home visit that we did back in November, we actually stayed nine nights for 151 points. Oh, that's fantastic. And, and we stayed in Animal Kingdom Beach Club in Grand Floridian. So we didn't even go with like Saratoga Springs and or Old Key West, some of the more value uh, resorts. You know, if you really work at it and kind of really pay attention to availability, you can usually get different things. But we went with 150 points because that gave us roughly enough, even if the points fluctuated a bit, like you talked about, to stay for a week in a studio every year. And then with banking and borrowing, if we wanted to take some people with us and go for a week long, we could always bank this year's points into next year and maybe borrow from the following year and then have enough to do a week at a two bedroom. Tom, I want to come back to you for a second. Yeah. What is... I have one or two pro tips I want to give folks from a cruise line standpoint about DVC, but do you have a, any kind of pro tips from a DVC standpoint that you would like folks to know about that maybe we haven't covered as of yet? 
Wow, that's that's a tough question. Uh, <laughs> don't use your points for cruises. Uh, <laughs> that was gonna be my pro tip. Yeah, that yeah. was gonna be your pro tip. That was, yeah. one, that was one. <laughs> All right, stole it. Sorry, my bad. That's no, okay. No. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, I I think that's a big one. You know, I I think you don't get hung up on things. So like there's one of the things that gets talked about a lot is UCRs. And we haven't talked about this at all yet, but essentially the way that DVC works, each contract has a UCR. And that's basically like, think about it like that's when your year starts, right? So like the, the real year goes from January to uh to, to December, but your use year, you know, if it's in March, it goes to March to March. So that's that's the difference, right? But for me, I made a mistake actually fairly recently here where I decided to buy a contract that was not the same use year as my current contract. Now, I thought, I can manage this, right? It's fine. It'll be all right. It's a huge pain. <laughs> so my biggest pro tip, if you're going to buy more than one DVC contract, honestly, buy the same UCR. Make sure it, it, because it is a it is a big pain if you buy different UCRs. You end up having two different memberships, like member numbers. If you want to use those two contracts this, for one stay, you have to transfer points between contracts. And it's a, it's a whole thing. It's a lot easier when you buy contracts that are all in the same UCR. But I also think my biggest tip in general and and Brian you've said this a couple times do your research like don't go on the DVC tour if you know if if you go to the member center and do the tour don't buy that day go and do research really think about it really do the math on it figure out where you want to stay figure out how many points you're going to buy and really just make sure that it makes financial sense to you that's that's really i think the biggest thing because i i know a lot of people that have compulsively bought DVC points, right? You're on that Disney high, you're on your Disney vacation. You're like, you know, really all, all excited, all Disney-fied. And then you're you're over there, you're getting free fast passes and uh, they're giving you ice cream at their little ice cream parlor. And you're like, yeah, we should spend, you know, $20,000 right now. Let's do it. It's not a good idea. You, you should really think about it, really take it back, really let it sink in, wait some time and then decide if it's right for you because it's a big investment. It's a, it's And when I say $20,000, I mean $20,000. It's, it's not a cheap investment and it's a real estate purchase it's a major purchase you should really think it through and it, it's it's not always the best to just buy it on on uh you know right that first time that you you talk about it it's it's good to go back and and research and think about it and, and you know maybe you don't want to go the direct route like you guys said it's a great point to bring up it's so much easier to buy direct really honestly uh, it's it's much quicker resale takes m- weeks and weeks and weeks sometimes months i my last contract i bought i'll tell you the the uh the people that i was buying it from had a trip scheduled for a couple months after i had gotten an accepted offer and so we couldn't close the contract until after their trip was done. So all told, my resale contract took like four months, which is not the norm, right? That's not the norm. You know, usually you have right of first refusals like 30 days or a little bit more. And then Disney takes their sweet time to put the points into your account. But mine took a couple months because these owners had a trip planned already. And I knew that up front. They, they tell you that up front when you buy resale. But and it didn't matter to me because we weren't taking a trip anyway next year. But I mean, not last year. So I, I will say the resale process is not inherently difficult. It's, it's not all more difficult than uh, than doing it direct. It's just a different experience. So, but yeah, the biggest thing: do research. You know, make sure you're you're buying uh, buying what you want to buy, and uh, so you don't make mistakes like I did. Even though this was recent, and I know better, <laughs> it's just a really good deal on that contract. I just had to buy it, even though it was a different use year. So, anyway, that use year point is a good one, and I, I mean that was frankly why our guide told us to get our contract closed on the the other reason our guide told us to get our contract closed on our resales because then we would have a use year, and then when you're buying direct from DVC, he could sort of say, okay, well, what's that use year, and I'll just sell you points for that use year right at, at Riviera. So he could kind of align our contracts through the direct purchase. Once you own direct it, whatever use your 
from Disney, it, you know, if you want to keep your use years aligned, you gotta, you're kind of at the mercy of the market. You kind of kind of watch the market for when, when that contract with the amount of points you're looking for comes up with the right use year and then pounce on it. But I, I have heard several people sort of echo that it's a pain to manage across multiple multiple use years. I guess my pro tips from a cruising perspective, one you already hit on is like, this is like, you, they will sell you as a part of the DVC experience. You can use your points on a cruise that almost almost never makes sense. The only two times I've ever seen it make sense from a financial point of view is if for whatever reason, you just, you've got a glut of points and you don't want to rent them, you know, members will use those to get a cruise. But if you actually do the financial kind of calculation, you're paying way more for a cruise than you should be. Um, And so it's almost always more advantageous to rent the points out, take the cash and pay for a cruise because you'll, you'll rent fewer points then you would have to give Disney for the for the cruise. So that's one thing. Um, we alluded earlier, they do DVC sales pitches on board the ships. A lot of times the incentives there, there are extra incentives to buy on board. And sometimes those incentives can be maybe slightly better than what you would get on land. If you're interested in DVC and you already have a cruise plan, it sometimes can behoove you to wait and do the presentation on board uh, and just see what kind of incentives there are they're offering uh, because they've got like, you know, a week period of time to get you sold on a contract (laughs) on board. And so just sometimes I find there's just a little bit extra there that can be can be nice. So I just pay attention to that. Last cruise tip I'll give you, we did a whole podcast on the DVC member cruise. So if you do buy into DVC, there is a DVC member cruise. That cruise is supposed to be amazing and you are showered with all kinds of fun gifts. And it, you know, is usually kind of some sort of unique itinerary for them or a repositioning itinerary for them. So if you do buy into DVC and you're a cruise enthusiast, that is something to check out as well as the DVC member cruise. It's something that Sam and I have long been wanting to uh, to go on. So with that, we're going to head into the second part of our show now, which is rapid fire, which is Sam's favorite part. So Sam, throwing it over to you for rapid fire. Thank you. Okay. So the only rule of rapid fire, and Drew already knows this since he's done one of our rapid fires before, is there are no rules of rapid fire. So I'm going to ask you questions and these are about your favorites. So Tom, what is your favorite Disney or Pixar character? Okay. I, you said there's no rules. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say figment. <laughs> now that's not a Disney movie character, but it is a Disney character. It's a character. You what? Actually, you. I don't even think that's breaking any kind of rule. Um, okay, because you were saying. I thought you were saying like Disney animation or Pixar movie. Okay, I'm saying Figment. Well, Tom, you should be excited about the D23 gift this year because I don't know if you remember, but they've got a Figment pit. They do. I've got my Figment Funko Pop, my limited edition Figment Funko Pop looking at me right now. Uh, It's uh, yeah, it's it's my I love Figment. He's he's my favorite. He's been my favorite since I was very, very young. Oh, I love I I love Figment, too. Okay, what is your favorite Disney or Pixar movie, Tom? Oh, my gosh, that's really hard. (laughs) I'm going to go. Let's go with maybe we'll go original Toy Story. How's that? Oh, that's a good one. Okay, now, Drew, I'm going to include you in these questions, and I'll go back and forth between you, the two of you. So, Drew, what is your favorite Disney park? I am partial to Hollywood Studios. I love Star Wars, where, of course, having Galaxy's Edge there is incredible. But with what they've done with uh, Toy Story Land and Mickey and Minnie's and Tower of Terror, Rock and Roller Coaster, I just love it uh, overall. But I definitely think with the addition of Star Wars and Galaxy's Edge, it, it takes it to another level. Yeah. That's cool. I am I am jealous that you've done uh, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. That is one we cannot wait to get on. 
it's it's pretty Im- impressive. If you've ridden Ratatouille in France or when it opens here, it's got a similar ride vehicle, but it's very interesting. All right, Tom, what is your favorite Disney park? This is this is tough for me. Uh, I, I would say my favorite is, and since you said there's no rules, I'm going to give you more than one favorite. Uh, so, you know, my favorite is Animal Kingdom, which I know is an uh, not everybody's favorite. Uh, it's In fact, it's probably my wife's least favorite, where this is a, <laughs> just a couple problem we have. She finds it to be extra hot at Animal Kingdom, which yes, it is, yeah. <laughs> which doesn't, I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me, but it, it, sure. I mean, I, I guess it is extra hot there because all the foliage, but I don't think that there's any Disney park. I'm going to say in the United States, because obviously so like uh, some of the Asian parks have um, incredible detail, but I, I think Animal Kingdom is probably the best themed park that they have in the United States. It just some of the theming and, and some of the details in Animal Kingdom are incredible. I, I love the way they weave animals into everything. I, I love that you're just walking down a pathway and there's, you know, animals just kind of there and there's no cages and there's no, it's just, it's just a beautiful park. I, I, I love Animal Kingdom. Uh, but at a very, very close second is Epcot. Epcot is where I fell in love with Disney as a kid, you know, when I was young. And uh, there's just something special about Epcot. I hear you. All right. The next question is your favorite ride or attraction? And Tom, we'll start with you for this question. Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. Oh, I could ride ride that thing a million times. I just love that ride. I just want that goat with the piece of dynamite as like a statuette somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) I'll say a close second and third are Soren and Toy Story Midway Mania. I'll do those as my three. All right, Drew, what is your favorite Disney ride or attraction? Um... It's got to be Rise of the Resistance after I went in November and got to ride it twice. Like, it's just incredible. I don't like it's a 20 minute experience more than a ride, I think. And it's every chance I get to ride it, I'll go back and ride it again. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, my answer might change once I get to ride that someday. (laughs) I haven't gotten to ride it yet. It's incredible. As long as it doesn't break down during your ride, it's incredible. <laughs> yeah, we, we got evacuated one time, which is nice because then it's kind of like we got to ride it two and a half times because we right. got about halfway through it before they evacuated us. So I've never gotten evacuated from a Disney ride and I, I'm just itching for it. Like I want it to happen. I want to get evacuated from one. One time. Oh, Wait, I ha- no, 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 I have. no, no, no. You're going to bring yourself on to like a, a, a Skyliner debacle, Tom. Yeah, Don't yeah, do that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that's, <laughs> let's not do that one. All right. Let's go to resorts then and talk. What is your favorite DVC resort? I would have said before we stayed, and that's why we bought there, it would have been Copper Creek because I just love the outdoor aesthetic, the mountain lodge feel. But having stayed there now, me and my wife both kind of fell in love with Grand Floridian. It could have been getting upgraded to the one bedroom and having the monorail going right outside our window and things like that. But it was pretty incredible. And I think if we, when the time comes that we, the add-on-itis strikes and we're looking to get more points, that one's up there on the resorts that we will be looking to purchase at. Yeah. I want to hear also from you, Drew, after you've stayed at Grand Californian at at some point, I feel like you're going to, if you, because I know you love Wilderness Lodge, I feel like you're going to love Grand Californian because it is that like, well, very similar aesthetic, but it's also the higher end, you know, so talk to me after that. I want to hear, I want to hear if you change your mind. I will. I would absolutely love to stay there and just be able to walk into California Adventure. 
Yeah, absolutely. Tom, what is your favorite DVC resort? You've got a ton of experience and have stayed like everywhere. So this, I'm really interested to hear uh, what's your favorite. I'm I'm gonna break your your no rule thing again. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> it's hard to say just one, right? So yeah. I so similar to Drew, my favorite Disney resort ever is Wilderness Lodge. I have actually not stayed at Copper Creek yet, but really it's just Wilderness Lodge. So I'm, I'm going to say Copper Creek. I've, I have stayed at Boulder Ridge, which I like Boulder Ridge. However, the walk from Boulder Ridge to get to like Roaring Forks and to get everywhere is just kind of brutal sometimes. It's a, it's not far, but it's not close either. And so I, I like the idea of being inside the resort in that case. So I, I'm going to say Copper Creek slash Boulder Ridge, but I'm going to do a number 1A and that's going to be uh, Animal Kingdom because, you know, as I said before, how many places can you walk out on your porch and see a, a, a giraffe? And and just the the way the resort is built, the the details. Uh, a lot of people prefer Jumbo House to Kadani Village, which is the DVC resort. I, I love them both. I, I'm not going to say one or the other. We usually stay in Kadani. There are DVC units in both, but we, we usually do stay Kadani. And then my third one, I'll give a third, mm-hmm. is going to be Boardwalk. Boardwalk is amazing for a lot of reasons. It's super weird. It's got like really weird theming <laughs> in it. Like some of the stuff, like, I mean, it, but I love it. I, I love it. I love the whole aesthetic of the boardwalk area and there is literally nothing better than just strolling into Epcot in the morning like just right there just walking your way in it's even a shorter walk to there from boardwalk than it is from like Bay Lake Tower to Magic Kingdom and it's it's, it's awesome to do that and I, I just love the, the the downside of boardwalk I, I know you didn't this is supposed to be rapid fire right and I'm, I'm just rambling <laughs> that's on that's okay the downside of boardwalk for me is that the the food situation is not is is not great at boardwalk for when I say that I mean you have to like go all the way down to the actual boardwalk walk to go and get like a pastry or like a drink or something like that. Whereas I prefer something a little bit closer and like a Roaring Forks and Wilderness Lodge. So, but I love Boardwalk. Boardwalk's an amazing resort and I'd like to stay there more. I haven't gotten to stay there as much as I want. So, and now they've removed the creepy clown. So I it's ask, Tom, maybe better. How do, you feel about the, how do you feel about the new pool situation? Okay. So that's a good question. We covered this on my podcast and it was very divisive uh, because <laughs> I like it. I, I like the new look. I didn't hate the creepy clown. I, I was just kind of whatever about it. But I, I love the Disney, the um, the the Mickey shorts. I am a huge fan of the new Mickey shorts. My daughter watches them constantly. Like we've seen them all the way through, I think maybe 30 times now because it's like on nonstop. She loves those shorts. And so I, I really like it. I mean, do I think that Disney could have done something, you know, different there? I guess, but I, I think my podcast co-hosts were bothered by the fact that it felt cheap and felt like they kind of didn't do the kind of Disney level work they usually do there. But I just say it's a pool, and I don't really care that much. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? And the creepy clown is gone. I don't have to look out my window and see the creepy clown. And I don't know. It's it's one of those fifty fifty issues. I, I think I put a poll in my Facebook group, uh, my 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 Disney Facebook group about this, and it was like fifty percent of the people were happy to, to see it go and the other 50 were not happy to see it go. So I, yeah. I you know, it's, it's one of those really polarizing things. And, and for me, I'm happy with it. I love the new Mickey shorts. So cool. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Never get super invested in Disneyland because if they move a trash can there, there's an uproar. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like that with all the Disney stuff, like you can't do anything like no matter what you do, yeah. no matter how great of a change somebody it will is. Somebody will be mad. Yeah, yeah. Somebody hates it. So <laughs> Yeah. All right. You're f- now let's talk perks. What's your favorite DVC member perk? Let's start with Tom. Member Lounge and Epcot. What about you, Drew? 
It's a simple answer, and it's the same. That member lodge in Epcot is great. And I, me and my wife went to it like we went to it once at the end of our day on our uh, first day at Epcot, and we were like, "Why did not we not come up here?" And we went to it like three or four times, so much that the guide actually recognized us by the end of our next day. Yeah. So uh, it, it's great. I have to agree. It's a great one. My my two favorites are actually Top of the World Lounge. I love that chocolate cake and that view of the fireworks. I think it's a great perk. The other one is the access to the Tables in Wonderland card if you're not a Florida resident because that dining discount is amazing. And we're big, like, I would say, like, you know, Eaters. not special. Well, that's no, but we're big signature dining. Like we're big signature dining or big, you know, dining over at Disney Springs. And so getting that tables and Wonderland card, like the discount is killer. So. Yeah. We like to do, we like to do real sit down dinners. We don't, we don't do um, quick service for dinner. I was going to say there's, there's no more of a VIP experience than when you pull out that blue card at top of the world and then they escort you to the special elevator and they, you know, scan it like that. You feel very special when you go to top of the world. <laughs> yes, for sure. Okay, you're, now this is just your favorite thing about owning DVC. So we'll start with Tom on this one. What's your favorite thing about owning DVC? I love the the, the flexibility of it. You know that I I can I can go to you know I can stay whenever you know I really want. I can go different times a year that I've prepaid my you know for my vacation essentially for the most expensive part of the vacation anyway, and that I can stay at you know, all these different great resorts that all have kind of like a different flavor to them, but all getting kind of uh, a different kind of feeling to it. You know, you kind of talked about this before. It's it's they're not your typical hotel room. It's more of like a home. It's a vacation home, right? It's It's got the kitchen. It's got the, the home type amenities. So for me, it's just having that kind of almost like a second home. It's like my vacation home, you know, that's that's that just that feeling that we get doing that. And, and you know, the ability to to take friends and family with us where we, we wouldn't necessarily be able to do that if it were, you know, just regular hotel room, the, you know, get these bigger rooms and have people stay with us. And, and that kind of flexibility is, is great to have, I think. Drew, what about you? What's your favorite thing about owning DVC? I think more than material, mine are psychological. And it number one is the assurance that like I get to come back and I'm going <laughs> to come back. Like when I'm getting on that bus to go home, when I'm getting on the Tragic Express to go to MCO to fly home, I, I it, it eases the pain a little bit because I know that next year in a few months, sometime I'm going to get to come back soon. So that is a huge one for me. The other one is whenever you stay somewhere like the Grand Floridian or the Beach Club and you get that bill at the end and it says zero and you're like, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Those are some good ones. I'm going to take the last question in rapid fire because I want to set it up a little bit. We didn't talk about something on the show, which is add-on-itis, which is a term that everyone uses who owns DVC that sooner or later you buy some points and then the add-on-itis sinks in. You want to buy more. So I am not going to ask the question, where do you want to buy next? I wanted to ask the question, Tom, I already know this answer for you, which is unfortunate, which is if you could create a DVC resort, where would it be and what would it be? And now, Tom, I think for you, if I'm right, I'm going to start with you. It's Haunted River Country. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So actually, it's funny because we we have a running joke on my show about about uh, came up with this uh, kind of blue sky uh, idea of having a resort called Haunted River Country, which is a, an ode to the old river country, but also kind of a mix of, uh, of Haunted Mansion in there as well. So the idea basically is that river country has been abandoned, which it was until they just, you know, tore it all down. And then it's also haunted. And uh, so, yeah, that was kind of kind of a, an idea that's been 
bouncing around our show for for a long time. I, I also we, we I had a concept at one point too of of having a Jungle Cruise themed hotel. All the people that work there would be like skippers and would kind of you know make jokes at you and like just yeah like the front desk cast members and you know all that kind of stuff. And the rooms would be kind of themed uh, very much in in that Jungle Cruise kind of theme. You know you could even have some different because uh, I always think of like Trader Sam's. You know, like, I don't know if you guys have been to Traders, like where they do all the crazy stuff when you order drinks and all that. Like, I just think of that as be cool to be in a hotel room or in a hotel where that kind of things would happen. So, yeah, I mean, a couple different ideas on a river country and Jungle Cruise Hotel. <laughs> I like those ideas. Those are fun. I think it would be really fun to have all of like the front desk staff, like just be punny the whole time. Like, because I, Yeah. Yeah, I and then you, awesome. you could have different wings of the of the hotel named like different like the boat names. You know, the <laughs> there's all sorts of fun stuff you could do with that concept. All right, Drew, what about you? Where where would you want to see DVC at another resort, and what would it be like? Uh, I have one for a very specific position, and another one that's just an idea. I would love my idea is to see a villains hotel. I would love to see an entire hotel like like they had the Villains Tonight show on the cruise line previously, and they you know they have those after hour events with villains. I would love to see an entire hotel just themed to the villains, and I could go stay in my Gaston wing or go stay with Doctor Facilier. It would be great. Um, that would be my favorite theming idea. The one that I would like like to see is when Disney World was opened, they had plans for more resorts around the lake there in front of the Magic Kingdom. And one of the resorts that they had plans for but never built was an Oriental Hotel. So my favorite pavilion in uh, World Showcase is Japan. I absolutely love the Japan Pavilion. And if you could take that pavilion and just make an entire resort out of it and put it on Bay Lake, that would be my favorite thing in the world. And I would buy there in an absolute heartbeat. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like a fun one. Uh, That sounds sounds like like a good one for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Tom, Drew, I really want to thank both of you for coming on. Tom, do you want to tell folks how they can connect with you and the great community over at the Welcome Home Podcast? Yeah, sure. So, uh, you know, Welcome Home Podcast, so you can listen to us any, you know, anywhere you can find podcasts, just search for for Welcome Home. You know, we have a Facebook page, Welcome Home Podcast on Facebook. And uh, we also have a member group. It's not really just for DVC members. It's for anybody. Drama free group. Honestly, we we don't have anything crazy going on over there. It's Welcome Home Disney Waitlist. So if you want to join that one, we're, we're available there. But, uh, you know, check out the podcast if you haven't already. Uh, we, we would love to, to have you be a listener. Well, again, Tom, Drew, thank you both for coming on. It's been just fantastic talking a little bit about Disney Vacation Club with both of you. Thank you. Thanks for having us on. Well, I hope you enjoyed our little detour this week into the Disney Vacation Club or DVC. Sam and I obviously are owners, as you heard on the show, and find a lot of great value in the product and being able to visit the resorts without the headache of having to pay for our hotel. And and I'm just, you know, grateful for Tom and Drew coming on to share their experience with DVC and especially for Tom to share his expertise with the Disney Vacation Club. He's a real wealth of knowledge on that front. Uh, There are two podcasts that we really enjoy about the Disney Vacation 
Expansion Club. So if you are looking at or interested in buying into DVC, I highly, highly recommend checking out Tom's podcast, the Welcome Home podcast, as well as Chad Pennycuff's podcast, the My DVC Points podcast. Both are really great sources of information about the Disney Vacation Club. And as we said throughout the show, it is really important that you do your homework before you buy into this product so you fully understand what you are getting into if you're interested there. So take a lot of time, educate yourself before buying in. With that, we don't have any new iTunes written reviews this week. And so please, please, please head over there. Leave us those reviews. They're really important to the show. But with that, I just want to say thank you for listening this week. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. Please also leave us those five-star reviews at Apple Podcasts. They're really helpful in making our show visible to people who might be looking for our content. If you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at dclduo. You can also head over to the DCL Duo channel on YouTube for even more great content or you can join our DCL Duo vlog and podcast Facebook group to join a conversation with some like-minded DCL Duo fans and cruisers like yourself. The DCL Duo podcast and vlog are not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Walt Disney Company, or the Walt Disney Family of Theme Parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Walt Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL duo. Good night. Good night.